Welcome, friends, and thank you for joining us for another Star City podcast, uh, the place where you can always listen in on interesting conversations with people just like you as we talk about life, work, family, and faith. I'm your host today, and my name is Brian Smith, and the name of our guest today is my friend and professor of evangelism at Liberty University, Dr. David Wheeler, where he also serves as the senior executive director of the LU Shepherding Ministry through the Office of Spiritual Development. David, welcome back to Star City, and today we're talking about something that is always near and dear to you and your heart, and that is the subject of evangelism and the importance of, as Christians, us being witnesses about the gospel to others. David, welcome. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. I look forward to this. Well, as we're talking about evangelism through the lens or filter of getting the gospel out in a post-COVID world, uh, as soon as I hear myself say the words post-COVID, I'm thinking in the back of my mind that I should instead say an ongoing COVID world, although we're certainly thankful to the Lord that we're seeing the numbers of, of new disease and serious disease declining across our nation at this time. But because of the conditions, the restrictions, the challenges posed by the coronavirus pandemic over the last two years, which many in many places continue to plague us, but I think you know what I'm trying to say, because after two years of this pandemic, uh, we're now beginning to admit to ourselves that that uh, this may not be something that has a specific ending and instead might be something that we'll have to learn to live with for quite some time. So in that context and idea, then the question I think becomes both how has COVID changed our world and what does evangelism need to look like today? Uh, David, share with us a few thoughts along these lines, please. Well, first off, has COVID changed our world? Um, well, you know, there's a lot of political jargon out there and things like that that has changed, obviously. But that's not what we're about here. We're about the gospel here. And so how's COVID changed our world? I think people are actually more sensitive to the gospel now than they've ever been. Why? Mm-hmm. Because they look around them. And they see such pain, such hurt. I mean, there's none of us, Harley, that you will meet who's not had a friend or family member who's been affected by COVID. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I can remember just back in in January, you know, in a week's time, I had two friends, a friend I grew up with who passed away with COVID and, and other people that passed away with COVID. And it just, we've been affected by this. But what that's done is, though, it's made a sensitivity in our culture you know, I think it's made us, um, particularly us, us as prideful Americans, to begin to take a serious look at our, uh, to be more vulnerable, uh, to be, to look at our, our, uh, our lives and, you know, our, uh, you know, facing the simple fact that we really could die. Um, I think it's made, you know, it's, it, from that perspective, I think it's made evangelism easier. I, in my classes, we've seen more people come to Christ in the last, uh, couple of years that we ever have. I, mm. I mean, just this last week, we were turning, uh, I was right, reading our servant evangelism reports from my online class, and in two classes, they had five people come to Christ. Wow. Wow. I mean, That's wonderful. Classes. I mean, and it's, it's because people are hungry and they're hurting. And think about what we talk about. We talk about personal relationship with Jesus. People are hurting, you know, and people want personal relationship. You know, they uh, even even some of my friends that are the most introverted people I've met are dying just to have someone to talk to, just to have someone to be around, you know, and that kind of thing. So I think from that perspective, 
It's changed our world. It's made people more sensitive. People have had to pay, face their mortality. And so what does evangelism look like in that? I think we as the church have a – God's just served this up for opportunity for us, for us to re- step in here. I think many people are going to say this. I've been saying this for a long time. I wrote material, you know, when COVID started on things you could do during COVID with your neighbors, people around you, and stay safe, you know, rather than just shutting everything down and ignoring it. And the thing I told churches was when COVID is over, people are going to be asking, where was the church when I really needed it? And so I think, you know, evangelism post-COVID as we're walking through this is really much of a lot more listening, a lot more relational kind of thing. It's, 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 it's starting kind of from the beginning. I think people are hungry. You know, they're, they're willing yes. to get out. I, I, I think more than ever, people are sensitive, and if we're willing to share with them, and they're asking questions. I mean, you know, it's one thing to try to answer questions people aren't asking. People are asking questions. I sat down with a young man this afternoon asking those questions, you know. So I think if, if we as Christians had realized that probably more than any time in history, we have the answer of what the world really needs for the sake of the gospel. You know, David, I think you're exactly right. And so many people have watched a grandparent or a parent or a neighbor or a friend or a a sibling get sick with this illness and either become uh, so sick it looked like they were on the verge of dying or they actually did die. And so many things that were trivial before uh, now that were given such importance are now being pushed aside as, as people have been able to realize uh, a big dose of the reality of their own mortality and what's going to come next. So I agree with you that that now might be one of the, well, I think it is, one of the better times we've seen in my life for us to be sharing yes. the gospel with others because people understand that this life uh, is going to end sooner or later. Oh. And, and we can we oh, can right. ignore it, but now COVID has brought that into sharp, clear focus. And so what comes next? And, and with that question, Jesus gave us the answer, didn't he? Yes, he did. He gave us the gospel. I mean, think about right now, you know, empty shells all over the country. I mean, who would have ever thought that people would have lined up to get toilet paper? I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, I mean— we are we, we walk through some places sometimes and we feel like we're in a third world country, but yet we're still the wealthiest country in the world. And we've been so spoiled and all this kind of stuff over the years that we could always have this and this and this. And then when we were shut down and we couldn't go places, you know, we didn't appreciate those things. You know, the word that God gave me in 2020 was the word gratefulness. And, and, I, and I'm asking my class every day, tell me what you're grateful for. Tell me what you're grateful for. And I'm going to tell you, we have a world that, that's, that's been deprived over the last couple of years of just the simplest things around us. And, and part of that is just relationships. And if we will step into those places and help people and love them, I think natural conversations of the gospel will follow easily. Boy, I think you're exactly right. You know, someone said that we need to be the church outside of the church. Uh, Sometimes when we're in the church on Sundays, we don't really have natural conversations. But in the world, we have plenty of opportunities. Help us to lean into that idea a little bit more today, if you will. How can churches and, and Christians individually and corporately as local churches regain our voices in our communities and those fields that God is planted us to serve him in reaching others with the gospel 
in this time? I think you go back to Acts chapter 1, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the world. It starts right where you live. starts in the apartment complex. starts in the neighborhood. It starts by reaching the people right around you. And then go outward. Go to the local schools. Schools are hurting. They need help. You know, they're, they're struggling for different, various things. Go to your, you know, go to your chamber of commerce and ask if there's things you can help within the community. You know, listen, as they begin to reopen nursing homes, my goodness gracious, think about folks who've been in those nursing homes that had nobody visit them for two yes. years. I mean, you start thinking through just the processes. I mean, you know, one of the guys pointed out to me, you know, how hard it's been on our funeral directors because mm-hmm. they've had to do funerals by themselves. And, you know, and, and there's just so many things going on and the hurt and the pain and what they've seen. And so I think being the church outside the church means that we take the gospel everywhere we go. I mean, I was, I got my hair cut the other night and I sat there and talked to the lady who was cutting my hair. And I got to thinking a year ago, a year and a half ago, I couldn't even get my hair cut. <laughs> you know, and, and then when I could, we had to have our, we had to have, you know, uh, mask on when we can do it. And then everybody was scared and we didn't know what days we could go on, you know. And I, and I think I just sat there the other night and talked with this lady and shared with her. And I've had so many cool conversations with, with, with people that have cut my hair over the last six months or a year because they're just glad to be back. I mean, so many of those folks were hurting because they couldn't make money. That's and, right. And so I think. We need to be sensitive as the church. You know, I've always said this. If the church would have been the church outside the church in the first place, we would not have needed all the social programs because the church would have been those social programs for the community. Mm, Does that boy, make sense? That is such a great, great thought and, and, and so true that now more than ever before, the church needs to be the church outside and beyond the church yeah. campus. Uh, be faithful and true to where we are, but at the same time, uh, yeah. be bold with the gospel. And if we don't take advantage of it while we can, things will only become more difficult. I was hearing a news story this morning uh, on my way to on my way to an appointment about, I believe it's the country of Finland uh, is, is considering passing a law that outlaws uh, churches from speaking to uh, what the Bible says concerning to uh, sexual morality and relationships as God yep. has designed them between men and women, where if you begin to say that outside of the walls of your church, you could be guilty of a hate crime and uh, fined or possibly even jailed. Yes, that's right. Persecution is going to be more than it's ever been. And, you know, because we've seen so much this happened over the last few years. People have responded because they've tried to stay, you know, keep away from this disease, what's this, this, this virus. But at the same time, personal liberties, religious liberties, all those things, church closures, you know, closing down, not being able to meet. You know, you, you got they're allowing casinos out west, but they won't allow churches to remain open. But yet, you know, I, I wrote about this in a book a few years ago. It's called the it's, I call it the reversal of the Little House in the Prairie syndrome. Mm-hmm. What that means is. If you, re, if you watch The Little House in the Prairie, they have one white building, and in that white building, they have the community met, the school met, and the church met. And, and neither one of them moved without the other. So kids were literally going, in, going to school in a place with a cross up on the wall. But yet over the years, the church has pulled itself back out of the community. And now what's happened is you have community organizations, and, you know, and these kind of things 
in the government on meeting without ever asking about the ethical standard of what the church can provide. Mm. Because the church has removed itself from it more than ever. We need to jump back in the middle of this. And the greatest way to get that credibility is to love people. That servant evangelism idea of caring for people around us. The idea of going to church is not nearly as important as being the church. I'm not saying we don't need to go to church. Understand that. We certainly need to do that. But 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 evangelism is going to be built on people not just getting coming to the church building to get saved. Most people are going to get saved out in their community through personal relationships, and we need to be the church out there. You know, if we simply ask the Lord to help us to see others uh, in the way that He wants us to see them as people that He loves— that he died to save, that he shed his blood for, that the gospel will radically transform their lives if they will do as Jesus said to do, as the Bible declares, as the gospel provides, and that is to confess and repent of their sins, receive Christ as uh, their Savior, follow him as Lord of their life, and trust him and him alone for their salvation. God always is ready to answer that prayer. He never tells anyone no who says yes to his son, does he? Well, Dave, uh, no, he does not. Quit. Well, David, Go ahead, we're, I'm, I'm afraid we're, we're out of time, my friend, and, and we must come back again and talk more about this. What an encouragement uh, you have been today for those of us who have been listening to simply seek to be and, and strive to be a better witness to others about the gospel. And it's as simple as engaging people in conversations, looking for small acts of generosity and love to be a service to somebody yeah. else and to connect that back to the love of God offered in the person of Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son. Uh, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Many blessings to you and your family. I hope you have a wonderful spring semester over there at Liberty University this year, David. Thank you, Brian. I would just say one more thing to everybody out there, just kind of leaving, leaving with a thought here, and that is simply this. Do not assume that people want to be left alone. Do not assume that. Do not assume that that people don't want us around. Trust me, people are hungry for personal touch, for personal relationship, and Jesus is the answer to those things, and we have that answer. We we cannot withhold that from them. Do not assume that, you know, at all. We have found that to be the total opposite, you know, on the other end of this, that, that out of COVID, people are hurting for relationships because they're essential, but unfortunately, those relationships are elusive. So don't avoid those opportunities. I think we'll find more opportunities than ever before. Mm. And with that good word this week, that's it for this podcast here at Star City. I hope you were blessed and encouraged by today's program. Please remember to invite your friends to join us every Thursday for another conversation about life, work, family, and faith with someone just like you. And as always, you can add the Star City podcast for your listening library on Apple and Spotify, where you can listen to previous podcast programs and guests as well. I'm Brian Smith, hoping that you'll enjoy living the rest of your week by His grace and as always, for His glory.